Hello, everyone. It's Mike, your host of Get the Word, an etymology podcast for word nerds. I'm also an ESL teacher. I guide people through their journey of learning the English language. On a regular basis, I end up being the one learning new words from my students. Today's word for our podcast episode is one of those words that I learned from a student of mine, Ben. No, not the student, uh, and I'm not talking about the, the biblical name Ben, short for Benjamin, nor am I talking about the way I and some other people pronounce the past participle form of the verb to be. Hey, I can't help my accent. Oh, in a very grown-up voice. Now what have you been doing to yourself? No, I'm actually talking about the word B-E-N, Ben, lowercase, the only lowercase entries in both Oxford and Merriam-Webster that relate to several words and definitions, all labeled as Scottish English. Let's look at the definitions and then get down to the bottom of this, shall we? Let's start with Oxford. Two separate entries, both labeled Scottish, both with an origin dating to the late 18th century. The first Ben, a high mountain, or mountain peak, as in Ben Nevis, which is the highest mountain in Scotland. The second Ben refers to the inner room in a two-roomed cottage, as in, I'll go to sleep in the Ben. So, the first definition, Ben, as a high mountain or mountain peak, can be traced to a Gaelic word, which I've heard pronounced as bane, B-E-I-N-N. One source gives a very specific date of 1788 for entry into uh, the, um, the English lexicon. Now, without any other information given as to why this specific date, 1788, is referenced, I can then only speculate, and therefore won't even bother. However, our second definition of Ben, B-E-N, to describe the inner room in a two-roomed cottage is most certainly related to the third definition of Ben that we can find in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, which is also listed as Scottish and as a synonym for within, listed both as an adverb and preposition, which could lead to silly-sounding sentences such as I am Ben the Ben. In other words, I am within the inner room of a two-room cottage. Alongside within, I've also dug up inside as a synonym for this Ben. So, within or inside. This Ben is a dialect variant of the Middle English uh, B-I-N-N-E, which is roughly the same as within or inside in modern English. Now let's have some fun with language. Remember how I said this ties to our inner room of the simple two-roomed cottage? So we have Ben because it is the inner room of the cottage, Ben being another word for inside or within. Well, any guesses on what the Scots sometimes call the outer room of these small cottages? B-U-T, but, a but. For anyone who's been through Scotland or is from Scotland, you may have seen a sign for a button bend, uh, but this type of small cottage. For you see but, the popular conjunction we use today all the time, 
uh, has its origin in an old English word that would now in modern English be closer to the use of the words outside and without. Uh, now you know button Ben comes from two words that can also mean inside and outside. So you have the inside room of the cottage and the outside room together to form a button Ben. Uh, shout out to the Button Ben restaurant between Dundee and Aberdeen, uh, serving seafood on the eastern shores of Scotland and high tea on Sundays. An entry listed as archaic in Oxford gives us a definition of but defined as without. The example given being this phrase, it never rains, but it pours. In other words, it never rains without it being the case that it pours. After the break, we'll open up the fact cabinet. Stay with us. That sound means we're entering my button bin, uh, which is where I keep my fact cabinet. Here's my copy of the first ever Bruins comic strip. Dated March 8, 1936, which appeared in the Sunday Post in Dundee, Scotland. It features a family called the Bruins, and often centers around misunderstandings related to the family's Scottish accents. Uh, whenever there is a non-Scottish character, for example, the family is addressed as the Browns. The comic still runs every week in the Sunday Post. The Bruins have a cottage up in the hills as a holiday home that they refer to as a button bent. Uh, one source online, worldwidewords.org, boldly claimed that the survival of this term, the old button bent, can be placed squarely on this long-running comic strip in the Sunday Post. Here's an item from the fact cabinet, which is not too exciting, but will serve me well. Uh, it's a plug adapter to convert a US plug into a UK plug to fit in UK outlets. You see, my partner and I are headed to Scotland in November to track down her family heritage. Shout out to the McNeil clan of the Isle of Barra. Reach out to the podcast if you have any suggestions or tips for our trip through Ireland and Scotland. Anyway, have you ever wondered why we don't just have a standard voltage around the world? For example, the standard outlet in the U.S. delivers 110 to 120 volts, but a good chunk of the rest of the world, including the U.K., has a 220-240 volt system. You see, the, the U.S. was ahead of the game in putting electricity to practical use back in the day. In the early days of electricity in the U.S., the lower voltage seemed like the most practical for electric lights as higher voltages were burning out light bulbs quickly. Therefore, hundreds of power plants in the USA in the early days of electricity adopted 110, 120 volts as the standard. As time passed and other parts of the world started to become just as connected as the US on an electric grid, engineers started figuring out how to make 220 volt bulbs that wouldn't burn out so quickly. Also, a, a 220-volt system is going to be more efficient. A higher voltage leads to a lower level of current required to produce the same amount of power as 110. The U.S. has stuck with the 110-120-volt system over the years, though, 
partly because we had so much money and infrastructure already invested in a 120-110 volt system. But since many other parts of the world didn't have so much time and energy invested in a 120-110 system, they decided to just go ahead with or update to a 220 or 240 volt system. In many homes throughout the U.S., though, uh, to this day, you can find one or two 220 outlets to power larger devices like dryers and electric stoves. That's all for today's episode. Right into the podcast. Get the word podcast at gmail.com. Give us your word suggestions and I'll take them into consideration for the podcast. Please rate and review this podcast anywhere that you can. It's super helpful. Podcast artwork by Bruno Sanchez. You can find a link to his work in the show notes. Music performed by the Monroeville Music Center. Production editing and research performed by me, Mike Butler. Write into the podcast and give us your comments. That email again is gettheword_podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, this is Mike signing off. Welcome to the English Sessions. I am your host and English teacher, Mike Butler. This podcast is for English learners who want to learn English from an experienced educator. I share my passion about language and many awesome topics throughout this podcast. We focus on grammar, pronunciation, structure, and try to have some fun, too. There is something for everyone on the English Sessions podcast. Are you a more advanced English learner or a native English speaker? Then you'll enjoy our series called Get the Word. This series is about etymology, the history and origin of words in English. For example, did you know that the word zombie was originally the name of a West African snake god? Join us if you want to improve your English skills. Join us if you are a grammar and etymology nerd like myself. For an archive of resources and much more, go to EnglishSessionsWithMike.com. The English Sessions with Mike Butler, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts.